0: Before we start this week's podcast, we'd like to encourage our listeners to consider donating to the NAACP Legal Defense and Education Fund. It's a nonprofit organization that fights for racial justice. Through litigation, advocacy, and public education, they seek structural changes to expand democracy, eliminate disparities, and achieve racial justice in a society that fulfills the promise of equality for all Americans. Visit www.naacp ldf.org to donate to an incredibly important cause.
1: Welcome back to another episode of the Drinking and Talking Fantasy Football Podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Uh, we are having another great episode tonight. Another fun episode. This, this one is a fun one. Uh, it's mock draft time. We, Jake, and I, which I should introduce my co-host, Jake Trowbridge. How are you doing, sir?
0: I'm I'm here, man. I'm here and I'm doing it. We're we're doing it.
1: We are. So uh, as I was going to say, uh, Jake and I are in a home league together and we have our draft coming up next weekend labor day uh so this is the perfect time to do a mock draft in my eyes since it'll kind of be a little bit of prep for our home league here and you guys can uh take a peek behind the curtain of our thoughts and and our drafting strategies i know we've talked about it throughout the off season here and now you're going to see us put some of these uh strategies actually into practice and, and, and see how we would actually draft a team. And we are going to take this very seriously. We're not going to go off on some crazy, um, draft strategy, taking, you know, say a kicker in the third round or something, you know, like we're, we're going to draft, like we're actually drafting for our, our real league. So, uh, before we get into that first things first, what are we drinking? Jacob.
0: I'm drinking a BrewDog Hazy Jane. You can't see that. I don't know why I'm holding it up that way. Uh, Listeners, you could never see it to begin with, but our YouTube viewers (laughs) couldn't see it either. Uh, It's a BrewDog Hazy Jane New England style IPA. Nice. And how is this beer? It's great. It's like that cloudy, juicy, uh, you know, it's right in the name really with the haziness, but Mm -hmm. it's, it's delightful. Yeah. Nice. How about you? Well, what would you rank
1: this first oh, for so Untapped?
0: I forgot the the ranking for Untapped beer mm-hmm. rating app. I'm going to give this. It's great. It's it's one that I wouldn't like crush a ton throughout the day, mm-hmm. and that's what I look for for the style. So I'll give it a three and a half. Three and a
1: half mm-hmm. on the books. So yes, for all of you uh, following along here, we are on Untapped. It is a beer ranking program out on the interwebs and there's an app for it on your phone. Uh, You can find us there at drinking underscore fantasy. If you want to follow along with us and see the beers that we drink on the podcast every single week, Uh, I am drinking and this makes me so happy. I'm not going to lie. It's going to be the first of many for like the next two months here on the podcast. I am drinking an Oktoberfest from Great Lakes Brewing Company, uh, it's Oktoberfest season. One of my favorite seasons of the year. I love Oktoberfest beer. One of my favorite styles. Uh, yeah, so I'm very happy that I'm drinking this. It, I saw it at the store the other day, my local uh liquor store, and I was like,
0: <gasps> "Oktoberfest season's here!" Ugh. You got very excited. I, I think got, you got very more excited. Of that than anything I've seen in recent memory. Now, I will say, we have we, there's a line between us here, because I also love Oktoberfest, but I have a hard, fast rule where I don't indulge in Oktoberfest until September rolls around. I don't feel right doing it during the summer months. I know, but it's so close at this point. It's the
1: 27th of August today. You can taste it, literally. Literally. We, we're, we're so close. I have no issues drinking one this close before September. All right. So, what would you rate this this particular Oktoberfest? I gave it a three point seven five.
0: All right. Where does that fall in the in the realm of Oktoberfest for you? Like, would this make it into a regular rotation?
1: Oh, for sure. It's a very easy drinking beer. Uh, I really like pretty much anything from Great Lakes. They they don't do bad beer, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, it would make it into my regular rotation easily. Uh, it's kind of middle of the road, but like I said,
0: easy drinker. Nothing, nothing real negative to say about it. I just love it. Would it, would it be your first pick off the board in a in a beer mock draft right now? Uh, are there other Oktoberfests in this mock draft? Sure, It could be whatever you want in there. Let's uh, it's, say it's, it's only, uh, let's say it's only Oktoberfests in this mock draft. Well,
1: I need to know the other Oktoberfests. I mean,
0: all of them. Oh, just it. all of them. Any Oktoberfest that's on the market and available to you for purchase. Like, I'm a big fan of uh, Capital Brewings, Mm -hmm. Oktoberfest. I actually really enjoy that. That's a local one here in Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. Um, I'm a big fan. I feel like the Midwest in general has to be the Oktoberfest capital of the U.S. Well, we got big German heritage here in Wisconsin, so
1: that makes sense. I'm a big fan of Staghorn from New Glarus, also a local brewery. Their Oktoberfest is delicious. I don't know. I, I, it's, it's like choosing between your children. Like, how do you just have a favorite? They're all wonderful in their own
0: special way. Speaking of Staghorn, I have to call attention to this. And listeners, I'm sad that you can't see this. So uh, always a reminder oh. <laughs> to check us out live on YouTube so that you can get some of this action. In the background uh, that Dustin has over his green screen. Sorry to ruin the movie magic there. But he is basically sitting at a Wisconsin tavern. Uh, it looks no, ready for a You don't know what truck. this is? No, wait. Now I feel like an asshole for even. Bringing you should.
1: It up. You should.
0: I'm disappointed what? you don't know what
1: show this is from. I I got nothing, man. I'm sorry. Oh, this is from a delightful show. One of my more favorite shows out there, uh, Shits Creek. Yeah. This is see, the I'm office. Not a big Schitt's Creek guy. Ah, uh, see, you got to get into it. It is a great show. Great show. Okay. All the listeners well, out there, if you haven't started watching Shit's Creek, uh, they're all on Netflix right now. Go ahead. Watch them. Uh, all five seasons. Uh, the sixth season was just released, so it's not on there yet. But uh, great show. Really funny. Uh,
0: check it out. Are you angling for uh, for a sponsorship deal with Netflix right now? Is that, is that what's happening?
1: I wish. I would have no problems with that.
0: Anyways, in the background, there's a picture. It's got some fucking antlers on it. That was the whole point I, I even <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sorry to ruin it. <laughs> it's all right. But we are ready, I think, on that note to get into our... Drunk, 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 drunk. Drunk of the week. Absolutely. So this one... To be fair, I don't recall if we've had this submission previously. It feels like maybe we did, but sometimes, you know, I drink a lot, and so I, I don't know for sure. I couldn't track it down in a recent show sheet, So At least you're on brand. You, <laughs> you <laughs> tell me nothing. But this one comes from at the sports parlay on Twitter, who says, I traded Odell Beckham in a keeper league when he was a rookie for Terrence Williams and a third-round pick the following year. I still get chirped about it to this day. As you should. The chirping is what made it like a deja vu. But was that, mm-hmm. that chirping? I've never heard anybody else use that. So um, whatever. Even if this is a repeat, let's pretend like this is a freshie. That's right. have never encountered this before because I don't remember what the hell I would have said anyhow.
1: Well, I hope I'm saying the same thing that I said then that, yeah, this is a terrible trade. Um, giving up Odell uh, for in a keeper league. For Terrence Williams at a third, so Odell's what five years in the league,
0: six now. I think this so, is his sixth year, right? So this is probably the 2014 class. He started 2014, yeah. And uh, I, just for fun, I I wanted to pull up what Terrence Williams' stats were <laughs> mm-hmm. in 2014. You know, because that will make all the difference here clearly. And he he had 37 receptions for 621 yards and eight touchdowns. Hmm. Like a reasonable. Season yeah, that's not bad. You know, but but <laughs> not worth trading Odell Beckham for, uh, even with his injuries and whatnot. Uh, yeah, and fun. I
1: know his rookie season, he started off with that hamstring injury where he was out like right. the first four games or so. But man, did he just come on like a wrecking ball the second half of that season once he was healthy? Oh, man, did he light the league on fire? And then obviously we know what yeah, he's, he's done since out- then. <laughs>
0: He still put up 1,300 yards and 12 touchdowns in that rookie season, where he dealt with that hamstring. So, yeah, there you yeah, go. crazy. That <laughs> you were most definitely very drunk when you made that trade. It was bad. I don't know what you want us to say. It's bad. Uh, I purposely picked this one out because look, we've got a we've got a lot to do here with this mock draft. We got to get into some meat. I didn't want to spend too much time deliberating this. It's bad. <laughs> it is. I think, and the fact that he still gets tripped about it to this day, you should.
1: That's a bad trade. Yeah, that stays with you. Mm
0: -hmm. That lingers, like uh, like syphilis. It doesn't Mm -hmm. just go away.
1: I wouldn't know about that, Jake. Oh, please. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so should we start our mock draft here? Let's do it. So do you want to
0: tell the folks what style of mock draft we're doing?
1: So this is a 12-team PPR draft. Uh, I just have it set up for a five-minute timer just so uh, we can sit and chat about uh, our picks or upcoming picks if we want to. Uh, We're doing just a regular snake draft. It's one QB, two running backs, two wide receivers, tight end, two flex positions, kicker defense, and six bench positions. And... I am going to randomize the draft order right now, live on air. Uh, Excellent. Let me get the share screen up here so, uh, Jake, you can see what's going on, and folks at home, you can uh, follow along as well. That's right. We want everybody involved. No shenanigans here. That's right.
0: Full transparency.
1: Full transparency. That's what we're about. So here we go. I'm going to hit the randomize teams button. And this is making for great podcasting. All right. So looks like uh, Jake is at 10 and
0: I am at 12. So there are going to be some good sniping opportunities in the draft then. I'm kind of excited for that. All right. So there we go. I like this. All right. So with the back half already, my wheels are spinning. Because there's Mm -hmm. a certain cutoff that I have for running backs very much in mind right now. So I'll be curious to see how this plays out with the auto-picks mm-hmm. and uh,
1: and how it falls to me. Yep, Yeah, so we are just on sleeper, and it's just, just Jake and I in the draft, the rest of CPU uh, auto-picking the team. So here we go. Let's get her
0: going. Woo. I feel like we should have clanked. Oh, look at that big surprise that uh, Christian McCaffrey went off the board at 101. Oh, fuck. So... <laughs> <laughs> big big surprise here. Uh, Josh Jacobs went number five overall. That's I don't understand that at all. I really truly don't. Um, boy. <laughs> Look, I, it's not that I'm freaked out uh, about uh, who the hell did they just bring in from ages ago that wasn't relevant? Theo? Theo Riddick? Yep. Yep, they just brought in Theo. Look, I'm not worried about Theo. I'm worried about Josh Jacobs. We've talked about him a lot on his podcast previously, so that's crazy. But it's been a huge running back run uh, to be expected. Mm-hmm. Only one wide receiver pick so far. Shocker, promise, Michael Thomas. Obviously, went at the Yeah. Yeah, uh, CEH, though. Clyde Edwards-Alaire went uh, right after him at 108. Which not so, a big surprise. I feel like that's appropriate. I think we'll see that climb maybe just a little bit. I've
1: heard him going as early as, as the five uh, in the first round. So I, I feel like that's that's about right.
0: Yeah, so here's the deal now. is So this is that cutoff that I was talking about for running backs where I would feel comfortable taking one right now. With some recent injuries that have occurred, um, I'm a little nervous. So Joe Mixon, Miles Sanders, Kenyon Drake, Austin Eckler, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, all these guys hypothetically could go around this, this spot. There is two injuries to two different offensive linemen uh, in Philly. So that makes me nervous for Miles Sanders right now. not saying it's going to be a huge decrease for him, but do I want to take on that at this spot? Do I want to take, obviously, Kenyon Drake's dealing with his own issues uh, right now, the the walking boot saga. Mm -hmm. That's still playing out, right, I believe? Yep. There's no confirmation on that. So do I go wide receiver here? Because Devontae Adams is there. And he is my, oh, I think he's my number one this year for wide receivers. So mm-hmm. it's going to be really hard to pass him up. And you know what? It's it's our mock draft. We are Packers homers. I'm just going to take him. All right. I'm going to do it. So Joe Mixon so went Joe next. Joe Mixon went after.
1: Which leaves me at the turn here. So I've got to pick. i got a long time before my next picks here. So i got to think about strategy of who I think could be Um, still there at the end of the third round and into the fourth and who I'd be comfortable taking at those positions. Uh, you know, I feel like wide receiver, there's so much opportunity for players that can, uh, finish in the top 12 this year where running back, it's hard to find those guys that are basically guaranteed work. Uh, in the offense and, and are that overall uh, bell cow. Um, so I think I'm I'm gonna take Miles Sanders here with my first pick. Even even with everything that you said, I I totally agree with you. But his talent, uh, he he looked so good. So and he's I'm gonna, the
0: only show in town.
1: Yes. Know? So I'm I'm taking him there, and then I am taking with my next pick my guy. Uh, that I've I've got ranked number three overall in, in my projections is Austin Eckler. Uh, I am going to take him here at the 2-1, uh, get two running backs off the board, uh, and get that shored up so I can uh, ignore running back now for quite some time. So I really
0: hoped that Austin Eckler was going to be available for me here, and that's the risk that you take in this situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you do not get your guy, there is zero... Guarantee that they're going to fall to you. I love that pick, Austin Eckler. um, He's been creeping up. Draft boards as he should be. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I remember back around got Fishbowl time, he wasn't going until the back half of the second. Maybe you could even get him all the way up to the mid of the third, mm-hmm. which just seemed outrageous oh, to me. That I would smash if that happened to me. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I, I'd seen some folks get away with that, and and the jealousy was definitely there for me. <laughs> so the spot that I'm in now is actually a little bit clearer for me. Um, it was going to be Austin Eckler. I also had the thought of taking a tight end here, mm-hmm. maybe just getting one of those top three guys and calling it a day so that I don't have to worry about the position later. It's tough with tight end to get that guaranteed production. Uh, it's always tempting when I see Julio Jones sitting there at this spot, because I would love to start a draft with Devonte Adams and Julio Jones. Oh, just, just that, is, that is a sexy start. Isn't it? I, now you forfeit a lot of flexibility down the road, mm-hmm. Which is what can be really tricky about that. Now, these two guys, I could easily see finishing. Either one of them could finish as the number one overall easily. Absolutely. And could be, not by a wide margin, because Michael Thomas is going to be probably number one or number two. Let's be Mm -hmm. honest. Uh, Maybe number three at worst. So it's do I get that surety there? Or do I try and piecemeal through another running back that I think could be okay here? And there's no running back where I go, oh, Chubb for me right now is not even – I'm not locked into him by any means. Mm-hmm. Talked about this in the past. I'm a little I'm a little nervous about what could happen there with Nick Chubb. And that concussion, by the way, I want to talk about that just real quick. I had that concussion that took him out of some practices there. This time of year with the new coaching staff, I don't like that kind of news. And, and maybe I'm too risk-averse. That scares me. Mm-hmm. So I am actually just going to try and get the surest thing at tight end here with this pick and take Travis Kelsey so that I can lock it in, set it and forget it, not have to worry. Nice. So
1: our uh, first quarterback went off the board here at the 2-7 with Patrick Mahomes. Not a surprise that he was the first one off the board. Uh, end of the second, we had Lamar Jackson uh, also right in there. Um George Kittle went uh, at the 3-3. Uh, I was really hoping that uh, he would fall down to me here uh, at the end of the third and get really good value. But that obviously did not happen. Uh, and, Jake, you are back on the clock.
0: And it's still been a, a flurry of running backs. Mm-hmm. It's about half the picks. We're still running backs. So you, Chubb, Aaron Jones, James Conner, Bell. on Bell. Glad he's off the board, and I don't have to think about that. Every bit of news I've gotten with Le'Veon Bell, I'm sorry, Dustin, because I know he's, mm-hmm. he's your guy. Prior to this week, I was oh so yeah, that idea. I know, I know. Um, what really bums me out, though, is that Chris Carson went at 306. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that I was looking to fall here. And every other iteration of a mock draft I'd done previously, or the rankings that I'd seen, he would have been available to me around this spot. Um, it's unfortunate that he's not because I was so ready to hammer him. But I'll tell you what. I'm coming around to the idea that if I can just get Jonathan Taylor as my running back one, I, I honestly won't hate it anymore. The The camp is looking great. Um, I do think that there's so many dump-offs available. That's mm-hmm. all they talk about with Phillip Rivers there. He's going to be the dump-off king to running backs. And, yes, Naeem Hines is going to get his jonathan taylor is a capable catching running back mm-hmm. so do i do that or do i load up on another wide receiver mike evans is still there Allen robinson i love he's probably the only other guy that i'm looking at in this scenario because if i boy though if i wait the running back thing it, it slimmed out so much that it feels like i'm going zero rb even if that's not fitting the mm-hmm. exact criteria right. there. Mm-hmm. So right now it's a coin flip. Honestly, it's it's Alan Robinson or it's Jonathan Taylor, and I think I'm just going to crush it and go for upside and hit Jonathan Taylor. Nice. Oh, Alan Robinson
1: went the pick right after you, which is okay. who I was probably going to pick there. Uh, I oh, I I love Alan Robinson. Perpetually undervalued. Um, But I got back-to-back picks here again, as I will the entire draft. Thank you very much. Um. (laughs) Oh, boy. I I don't know what the decision's here. Um, I think
0: this is a tough spot here. Um. Are you looking more for upside here? I'm just curious because you have your two top running backs locked in. Are you looking more for like an upside type of guy? Or you just want firm, solid wide receiver production? Or what? what's your favorite uh, idea there?
1: Well, I'm definitely going wide receiver in one of these two picks. And, and it obviously doesn't matter which one I take. Um, I, I know who I'm going to take for a wide receiver uh, in this position. I just huh? – I'm, I'm trying to decide on the other pick. So uh, not to waste too much time here. I will take your guy. Bobby woods here as my Damn wide receiver one on my team. Uh, and I knew if I, if I went, past, I knew you would take him, uh, just oh, cause yeah. you've been so high on him. I don't understand how Cooper cup is still, um, two spots above him. Um, if That's I, weird. if, if I was in a, a draft without you, I would have probably waited to see if he would have fell to me into the fifth round. Uh, cause I Back think he point. might have, fifth,
0: yeah.
1: Um, uh, but I just I, I I want to make sure I have some guaranteed production, and he's been nothing but health his career, and you know he's going to get a ton of balls in that offense. If you guys want to know more, go back and listen to the my guys or our drinking buddies episode from last week. You can hear it all there. We spell it out perfectly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I don't think
1: need we to, do best. I don't need to belabor that that uh,
0: <laughs> point anymore. Uh. So now you've got the choice here. Mhm. Uh, you've got your first wide receiver locked in. Do you try and go cuz there's one tight end that I'm interested in here if I'm if I didn't already have one locked in and that's that accurate for me. Um maybe I
1: guess, but um you know who I'm I'm probably angling for later on here as my late round tight end. That's, um yeah. I I'm, I'm thinking about snagging another running back here. And I think I'm going to take Todd Gurley in this spot. Uh, I don't know if he's going to hold up the season, but, oh, he's got such great upside. Mm, Do I want to take a chance this
0: early? I don't know what to do, Jake. (laughs) I was just about to say, for somebody, if you already have two running backs locked up at this point, Todd Gurley would be my choice because the upside we talked about in the past is the running back one. I it, It's a dark horse candidate situation, for sure. Mm-hmm. But that, that kind of upside exists with Todd Gurley because he's the only game in town. He's on a high-powered offense. Mm-hmm. If the knee holds up and looks okay, he has so much value here. I personally don't know that I could do it because I only have run, one running back, and it's the high upside play of Jonathan Taylor. I wouldn't feel maybe quite as secure about it for me. Mm-hmm. But if you have two set up, I, I, I don't hate that at all. You know what? I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to do it. Nice. I like that. Mike Evans you know what, goes right after.
1: You know what they say? You play to win the game. Who's that so, that? I want names. Uh, Herm Edwards. <laughs> he said that. Oh, okay. When he's coach of the Jets. Yeah, there you, go. You, you gave me yeah. the... Yeah. Gave am, me? am I correct there? You play to win the game.
0: Playoffs? No, that's a different no. guy. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Anyway, so, so, so you're on at, the clock here. I'm looking at this right now, and I'm in a similar situation of... Okay, so I've got one of all the major positions taken care of. I've got Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey, and Jonathan Taylor. My gut wants to lock up another running back right here, right now. Now, here's what's interesting is a candidate for this space for just solid production would have been David Montgomery. Mm -hmm. Uh, Obviously, with the recent injury to him, which terrible and uh, hope the dude is okay. It It sounds like he avoided major injuries, so that's good. That's right. Seems much less severe than everyone mm-hmm. initially projected. But obviously, for me, I can't risk somebody missing a few games and coming back from that groin injury. I don't like Melvin Gordon here. I just really don't. David Johnson, I'm, I'm growing more lukewarm on by the day because I don't mm-hmm. like him to get many targets. So all of a sudden, I'm looking at if I wanted to go with one of my dudes who I think will outperform his ADP quite a bit. It's Mark Ingram. Mm -hmm. He's somebody that I would look here at at the beginning of the fourth, though. It's not really where I'd I'd want to take him Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. just for that value to really be full tilt boogie. Yeah, I considered Uh, him
1: for a hot tick there uh, instead mm -hmm. of Todd Gurley. But um, like you said, it ultimately came down to the upside uh, with my RB three on my team. But he was in consideration there.
0: Now, there's one guy I could I didn't get Robert Wood. So I go for the consolation booby prize of Cooper Cup but I don't really want that that much either. Uh, DK Metcalf is very interesting here, though. I might consider him. But you know who I really like who's just buried a little bit too far in ADP, and that's going to change, is Keenan Allen. Mm-hmm. Keenan Allen now has no competition at wide receiver, mm-hmm. with Mike Williams uh, being out at least for a bit here. And it, it, maybe it's the hard knocks thing, but God damn it, I'm going to take Keenan Allen, lock him in as my wide receiver too. I like that. So then we have a plethora
1: of running backs and wide receivers going off the board here. Uh, we got David Johnson, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, Melvin Gordon, David Montgomery, Mark Ingram, DK Metcalf, ah. Calvin Ridley. Uh, Mark Andrews went at the 412 as the third tight end off the board. And then Devin Singletary, DJ Chark, AJ Brown, Terry McLaurin, Zach Ertz. Tyler Lockett, which I was hoping he was going to fall to me, yeah. Raheem Mostert, Ronald Jones at the five eight, and hey, then T. Y. Hilton. Too.
0: He's moving up in the in the rankings and in the world. Here is is Ronald Jones. I finally bit the bullet and I traded for a second round pick next next year. I got Ronald Jones and a couple of force tossed in. Oh. It, it didn't feel good, but you know the that's dude not does bad though have- either. He has a fair amount of upside. He mm-hmm. really does. Uh, it's it's situational dependent, and it depends on how that offense works. But yep. Zach Ertz going, uh, you know, behind Mark Andrews is interesting. In the I middle of the like- fifth round, I love that value. I man, if especially since we were talking about,
1: yeah, especially since we were talking about it uh, with my last set of picks at the turn there at the three yeah. four, uh, the fact that he fell to the middle of the fifth round is just incredible value. And you That's know, he's exactly just going right. to produce this okay. season.
0: He, I, I am loving his opportunity share this, mm-hmm. this season. It, it's going to be stupid the amount of targets that he gets. Once yep. again, doesn't matter how many yards he gets, he's going to be the Jarvis lander of tight ends, and, and you'll be very happy with him. Yeah, that's right. So now I'm in a position where, uh, okay, I skipped on running back last round. Uh, obviously, Mark Ingram did not fall to me. I didn't really expect him to, but you know, you always hold out hope. The options that are there now are guys like uh, Kareem Hunt, which is interesting. DeAndre Swift, it's a little bit less interesting for me. Cam Akers. And I understand, by the way, that it looks like Swift could have a, a total control of that backfield at this point. Mm-hmm. We don't really know what's going on with Carrion Johnson and the brace. Um, but even with that, I don't trust the Lions offense enough that I really want a piece of him at where his ADP is right now. So do I go wide receiver again? Do I push the can? Do I kick the can down the road with running back? That's what I'm looking at right here. Because there's nobody that's jumping off off the books to me. Kareem Hunt is really the only guy I'm curious about because there's an outside chance that he produces just as well as Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. So I'm in the fifth. I'm in the back of the fifth. I don't believe that he will make it back around, even in the four picks it's going to take to get back to me. Mm-hmm. But there are a couple of wide receivers that I'm eyeing, and I will keep those close to the vest for right now. Uh, Until you make your picks, Uh, there's a couple of guys that I'm very interested in for wide receiver. My hope would be one of them makes it back, but there is no running back that I am close to with Kareem Hunt, so I'm going to take him right here.
1: All right. Dak Prescott went at the 5'11". I'm a little disappointed. I will admit I was thinking about pulling the trigger on Dak here uh, with one of really? my two picks. Uh, I have him statted out as my number two quarterback on the season right now. So to get him at the sixth round, uh, I was I was going to be all over that. Uh, He's I, your
0: number two. Hold on. We can't gloss over this. He's your number two. Who is your number three? Mahomes.
1: Oh, and, okay. And, so and, 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 it, and it's and it's only like a three point difference, less than three points. It's okay. it's really close. It's split in hairs. Uh, but technically he has statted out uh finishing just slightly higher than, than Mahomes. So okay. uh, I still may consider taking quarterback with one of my two picks here. Um uh, uh I, I never go early round quarterback, but again, sixth round. I, Kyler Murray's on the board. Uh, he is my number four ranked quarterback, projected quarterback. So, uh, I may pull the trigger on that. Uh, okay. There's, I, I'm set on running backs for a while. I don't have to hit running backs. Tight ends were kind of in now that the top four are gone. It, it's better just to wait because five through 20 are all within the same, uh, general area here where they could finish. In that range, and it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, Wide receiver, I got some options. Um, I'll probably pull the trigger on a wide receiver here, uh, just because it's a long way back, and I do want to make sure I get a good wide receiver two on my team. Uh, I'm going to go down a little bit here uh, for someone that I think is going to have a really big season, and that is Michael Gallup. I am taking him here at the end of the fifth. Interesting. Yes. I think he's he's poised to have a really big season this year. Uh, And then, as I said, I'm going to take Kyler in the sixth round.
0: Fair enough. And you did that, of course. Oh, no! There's the guy that I was so excited to get was Cortland Sutton went off at 6.02 right before me, got sniped by my own indecision, but I really (laughs) didn't, didn't believe that Hunt would make it back, so... Those are the risks that you have to take Mm -hmm. sometimes. It's unfortunate. Um, Now, there's still a couple of wide receivers that I'm more lukewarm (laughs) interested in here. Um, There is one other guy that I really, I think, is going to have a a big season, and that's Brandon Cooks. Mm -hmm. I just... I'm starting to think that the concussion thing has just been so overblown, and his ADP will not be allowed to rise because of that. So I would love to take a shot on his upside, which is massive. If he's the number one for Deshaun Watson, it's—I mean, it's—it's it's top twelve potential easily. Is—is is he going to be the number one for Watson though? I don't know. That's the question. Is it him? I am, Maybe I Fuller. S-
1: I'm slowly warming up on Will Fuller, who I've been off of ever mm-hmm. since his rookie season. Like I traded him in a dynasty league his rookie season uh at, or after his rookie season on an orphan I took over and I've just been off of him, but um I recently listened to um, Edwin's podcast, The Injury mm-hmm. Doc, uh where he Absolutely. made a compelling case for uh Will Fuller and having a surprising season this year so uh uh, so i'm starting to warm up on him if you guys want to hear more go listen to his podcast uh it's really great uh but jake this is your pick who are you
0: taking i'm i'm all about um i'm all about the potential of will fuller it's just the the injury concerns that are always there it's Mm -hmm. how many good things do i get out of will fuller this year Um, and i think But, obviously, we're talking about Edwin Porras, who is literally specializing in injuries. So, if he's coming out and saying that, that gives me more confidence. And it also gives me more pause on selecting Brandon Cooks at this point in the draft. Although, I still don't think it's a bad call. No, neither do I. I really
1: like Brandon Cooks. He's another one that's perpetually undervalued every
0: year. Mm -hmm. Now, there's one. Now that I have... This is stupid because I was just on this at 5'10", and I said, I don't know that I want DeAndre Swift here, you know, as my second running back. All of a sudden, I'm looking at him as my third running back. It's different only been story. a four of four picks, but all of a sudden, now he's the RB3. Look, the potential's still there. Mm-hmm. It's just I don't really trust that offense. Do I, or do I pull the trigger on my quarterback? Do I go Matt Ryan, who would be, so he's my my quarterback three for this year. I think I could easily get him on the turn. Now, this may really bite it me in the ass. It could backfire. could easily bite me in the ass. So right now for me, it literally is looking like DeAndre Swift versus Brandon Cooks. Um, at this point, the depth at wide receiver is so great. Still, there are so many interesting options. There's just not a lot of interesting potential RB1s for the team. So I am going to somewhat reluctantly take DeAndre Swift.
1: I actually like that. I am a fan of DeAndre Swift. I think he's going to have
0: a great season this year. And is it, do you think that he just uh, rises above the offense as we've known it so far? Um, well... I think they've been looking for their. Oh, you got
1: sniped with your Matt Ryan pick at seven nine. I, no. hate, everything. I hate everything. So within within that turn of picks, uh, we'll get back to DeAndre Swift in a second. Yeah. We had four quarterbacks go and three tight ends go. So, um, but yeah, DeAndre Swift. I the the news with Carryon Johnson coming out where he's wearing the knee brace, but he says it's more for comfort than any sort of like knee issue. It's more of a comfort issue, uh, which yep. if that makes you feel more comfortable in playing, then by all means. Um, but that whole comment that he made about not wanting to be the workhorse running back and, or not wanting to carry the load, however he worded it. And, and Matt yep. Patricia and that team has been looking for their like bell cow running back and Deandre Swift can do it all. He can run between the tackles. He can catch the ball I think he could take a stranglehold on this backfield. So I actually really like that pick.
0: And I don't like, yeah, carry ons uh, in the realm of things that carry on has said also about like, he can't learn anything from him because mm-hmm. he does think that he just is not equipped to do with like, yeah. dude, you're really showing your cards here. Um, so I, I'm hoping for the best there now on the clock. I just am so I am so fucking that Matt Ryan went one pick before oh. I, I'm ready to go here. That would have been my smash pick. Zero questions. I would have I would have just spent the remaining clock time uh, <laughs> using my love for Matt Ryan. Unfortunately, I have to make a decision here. Now both Brandon Cooks, Will Fuller went um, in between there, so both those options off the table. I would have liked to have one of them fall here, and I would have mm-hmm. taken probably whoever was available. Um, If both were available, it would have been Cooks by a Nose, but I would have gladly had Fuller there. Tyler Boyd's really interesting in Mm -hmm. this spot. That offense, it still concerns me a bit. Um, I've talked especially about Joe Burrow, and I don't necessarily trust the offensive line to get right so quick like everybody's hoping they will. Mm -hmm. Um, But to have a piece of that offense, that passing offense, in the back of the seventh round, I'm I'm pretty okay with that, and and it's the top two option there. And there's a chance with AJ Green's long injury history here that Tyler Boyd could still end up outpacing everybody in targets. So it's that kind of upside where I just have to go. All right, I'm I'm gonna go Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and I was secretly hoping you would not take him, and you talk yourself out of it uh, because that is one of my guys. I've got him on almost all my dynasty rosters. I love Tyler Boyd. He's just, he's not a number one, but he is going to give mm-hmm. you consistent number two numbers week in and week out with those spike number one wide receiver weeks. Uh, For so sure. I really like him. Um, so I'm here back at the turn, got to kind of think ahead a little bit now that we're getting into the meat of the draft here, where you have to start putting in a little bit more thought in and kind of going after your guys a little bit, uh, So I am going to go with a running back here. I I know I smashed running back early, but uh, to get this guy at this spot, I feel like he's got a lot of upside. And the news coming out of camp uh, has been really positive about him. So I'm taking Antonio Gibson here. Like I said, I think he could be the the back in that backfield uh, come the season.
0: And I'm and I'm willing to take a shot it.
1: on him right here. I know there's not a chance on how he would make it back to me uh, at the end of the ninth <laughs> round. So might as well take him here at this, like I said, at this spot, you're kind of taking your shots on guys you think are going to uh, outproduce their ADP. So back on the clock here uh, at the beginning of the eighth round, uh, looking at the guys that are available, um, Evan Ingram, Jordan Howard, Jarvis Landry, Philip Lindsay, Tom Brady, brida Deontay Johnson, Tariq Cohen, Debo, uh, a lot of guys that are just kind of, uh eh, they don't, not a lot they're of those exciting. names. Yeah, they're they not exciting. The but, you know, one name that caught my eye here that I really like, and we've talked about him before, it's Jarvis Landry. He yep. is just a PPR machine, and to yep. get him in the eighth round feels criminal. I am smashing that all day long. And I am going to take him here
0: eighth round. I wanted that. Now, Evan Ingram went off the board right after at 8.02. We're going to take a really quick ad break here to let you guys know that today's mock draft episode is brought to you by Kangaroo. Kangaroo was created to ensure that everyone has access to home security. Every product Kangaroo makes starts with three questions. Is it simple? Can it be produced at a price that everyone can afford? And is it secure? With Kangaroo, you never pay for unnecessary bells and whistles, and you know your data is going to be secure. The front door security kit is a simple setup. No tools or tech geeks required. If you have Wi-Fi and a smartphone, you can use Kangaroo. Go to heykangaroo.com to learn more and start keeping your home safe today. Be sure to use code RINGDONG, that's RINGDONG, one word, for 20% off any Kangaroo subscription order. So with that said, I am on the clock here. Uh, Jarvis going is a big bummer to me because I, I did love me some Jarvis. He would have been a real nice wide receiver for to have there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, I'm kind of back at the path of do I take another running back? Because at this stage, look, my, my dude flew off the board for quarterback. There's nobody here that I am gaga at. You mentioned it earlier. At this point, There's such a meaty middle for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. I'd rather wait and get the last one available out of my group that I feel comfortable with. Um, And there's still enough of those guys left on the board. Enough people have taken a quarterback in this one QB league that I'm not fretting it. So I think I will try and go for a running back. You know a guy who I'm really coming around on? Is Zach Moss. Really? Uh, Matt Moss, yep, rookie in the Buffalo backfield. Devin Singletary's news blurbs in training camp are bad. Right now, uh, look, I don't want to overstate how much you should pay attention to this stuff because everything coming out of camp is always so positive and it's mm-hmm. tough to get your head around it. But when you hear negative stuff coming out of camp from a team about a player, you have to pay attention. You to have it. to. It doesn't happen that often because everything is roses typically. So Devin, uh, Devin, I almost called him Devin Fumble Terry, but that's <laughs> the new word is he's fumbling everything out. Um, I already thought Zach Moss had equal claim to that backfield because nothing against Devin Singletary. I just don't think he's, you know, a, a superb talent. Mm-hmm. So at this point... There are guys available, so there's Philip Lindsay, Jordan Howard, Matt Breida, both of the Miami guys back there. There's also Tariq Cohen, and with the David Montgomery news, some people might be tempted there. I think Cohen's workload stays the same, by the way. I don't think he really gets a big uptick with that injury. Oh, me um, I think he's still going to be very good, and mm-hmm. we have a bet uh, specifically about that. Don't get me wrong but he does not have that RB1 feel to a team. Zach Moss, there's a shot, man. Maybe it's the ball blast ladies getting in my head because they're so stupid for him. But he's not making it back. There's no wide receiver that I'm so smitten with here that I just have to take him. So I'm going Zach Moss at 8.03. Nice. So, oh, and the Miami guys uh, went off the board right after. Both Jordan Howard and Matt Breida back-to-back.
1: Yep, back-to-back. Back. Ooh, the one wide receiver I was hoping was going to fall to me. Marvin Jones I was hoping was going to come around. I was going to grab him uh, with my next pick, so that's disappointing. Uh, we had four more quarterbacks off the board. Uh, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers finally went off the board uh, uh-huh. in at the 8-9, which, woo, he has fallen. And – Josh Allen and Carson Wentz went in the nine six. Big. Oh, if I hadn't taken Kyler a couple uh, rounds earlier, mm-hmm. I might have might have considered taking Carson Wentz. I really like him a lot. He's done nothing but produce in the league. So
0: I really liked him before those two linemen went down. He's the guy now that I'm so I'm so probably overly cautious about with that recent news, but it's. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm sure he's still going to be good. He's just not going to be where I had ranked him to right. be coming into this season. And you know, I had him at QB seven on my early rankings. Mm-hmm. He was moving down a little bit just because of the health of some of the other guys it was still a concern. Um, I would have been happy to have him right here, though. I would have loved to have mm-hmm. him right here. Oh, absolutely. Um, but that's what you get when you play this game of. You know, oh, I don't want to take a guy too early. This is the trap that you can easily fall in. And so that's what's happened to me. But thankfully, Dustin, thankfully, there is a guy on this board that I'm still very pleased is available at the quarterback position that I'm not batting an eye at it. And I'm going to go ahead and scoop him up now because, yes, everybody does have a quarterback. I think every team except one has a quarterback right now. Oh, wait, no, every team has a quarterback. So this, besides me, so this actually makes it interesting. So are you going to play I the play game it. where second quarterbacks are uh, going to start flying off the board here? or it, it, The question is, when do those second quarterbacks start going? So if we're talking about, like, our home league, everybody would have had a second quarterback by now. That's the kind of league that we play in for Except our home for league. Except for you and me. We'd still be drafting our first. <laughs> That's right. Last year in our home league, I waited, and just a little pat on the back, I took Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen back-to-back in the 10th and 11th rounds because I was the weight on court. We both were. We both just waited. Humble brag. For our, it wasn't even that humble, let's be honest. That was just outright brag. <laughs> No, but that was
1: a very good pickup late in the draft. Uh, and and it just shows that guys good quarterbacks
0: can be found super late in the draft that's right now there is still one guy on the board for wide receivers that I'm so interested in here and he's not a sexy name so the hope would be that he might fall but based on his ADP I don't think that he will and I'd even be nervous about him getting taken in these next four picks there's a PPR monster still left on the board that is not Jarvis Landry I know who it is but I'm not going to take him I'm not going to snipe you don't worry but but will this other uh, auto person take him? Now, you got Landry in the last round. You don't need mm-hmm. to double up on that. I'd be interested in doing it here. His name is Jameson Crowder. Mm-hmm. Again, the report's out of camp. There's just nobody there. Well, and there's Denzel- no one there. I'm sorry for Denzel Mims, rookie believers. He is really ch- chancy coming out of there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's basically going to be the Crowder and... Herndon show. You think even Hernd? I was... I do. I think he's going to have a bounce-back season. Okay. There's also Nicole Hardman on the board here. He's interesting. Darius Layton are all interesting guys. I'm going to roll the dice for the purposes of this exercise, and because there's a couple of guys on the board I'm still okay with that quarterback, I'm just going to take Jamison Crowder.
1: And let's be honest. That's what you'd normally do anyway in a draft. Right. If it was our home league, you'd be waiting Another round or two, at least.
0: <laughs> tough. It would be tough, but I would probably make that decision, yeah. hmm
1: Now, let's see here. I got to find out where can I see where... I want to know how many tight ends have been taken here well i'm I'm confident tight end will still be there for me late round uh there's a lot of late round guys I think could have big seasons this year, so I'm not going to yeah. take a tight end here you're not, this you're not term. going
0: for your guy here
1: not yet I think it's early okay. i can I can get him later uh okay. when you look at the the tight ends that are still available he is he's like six down on the list um I'm fairly confident that six tight ends won't go between my next set of picks. uh, We'll see. But like I said, there's other, (laughs) there's other guys there that I really like this season too. So um, well, if I miss out on my guy, it'll be disappointing, but that's a chance I'm willing to take here. Um, Only because there is a running back that I really like. And then uh, a wide receiver that I'm very high on that I want to take with these next two picks. So first I'm going to take my running back here. I'm going to select Damian Harris. I I, like that. I don't trust Sony Michelle uh as I don't know if you guys saw this on the board but uh Damien Harris was one spot above Sony Michelle in the ADP. So he's obviously moving up draft boards uh and it makes sense that they're right next to each other currently uh, uh in ADP because Sony's been out. He was on the
0: pup, is he taken off the pup? He's uh, off the pup now. Um uh, so he is back and supposedly going to be ready. I would still be nervous about him too. Exactly. He's been banged
1: up and injured, you know, ever since he entered the league. Damien Harris for whatever reason, maybe the playbook was too much to learn, maybe he didn't couldn't pick up pass pro who knows what it is. Maybe Brady just didn't like the kid. Uh, but Damien Harris, he's been showing out in camp so far from reports and he's getting the opportunity right now with the number ones, which you really like to see. And I think he could be someone that, that gets the bulk of the carries in that backfield. So I'm willing to take him here at the end of the ninth round. I like Uh, that. And then coming back, uh, to wide receiver, uh, Someone I am super high on for this season, uh, is Jalen Rager, uh, who I'm going to take here for Philadelphia. I mean, just with all the other receiving options that are going down in in Philadelphia, no one can seem to stay healthy there. Uh, Carson Wentz has to throw the ball to someone. Jalen Rager has speed. He can get down the field. Uh, he's learning all the wide receiver positions, according to the coaches, (laughs) uh, so I will take my chance on him here in the tenth round with a lot of upside.
0: I like that. I, I do like that pick a lot. And I, we talk all the time. Or team, or I'm especially team anti rookie wide receiver. But it's just I
1: am typically like, too. But I just with the reports and the situation in Philly. Like I said, the wide receivers cannot seem to stay healthy, or anyone on that offense for
0: that that, that fact. So right. I, I just like the opportunity that presents itself there. That's exactly right. Um, Darius Slayton went right after that, which is really interesting because Slayton would be a guy that I'd be interested in. Mm -hmm. But I'd also be interested in Sterling Shepard around this point in the draft, by the way. I know that a lot of folks have seemed like you're throwing a pick away on Sterling Shepard. I don't believe that. I actually think that the guy kind of gets short shrift and he's just Mm -hmm. not talked about at all. You know, maybe he's the new Jarvis Landry. He's just not going to get his due. Um, but the the guy could be the number one target there and, and very reasonably. So, yeah. And I think two people are scared off one. Uh, he's got a little bit of an injury
1: history being dinged up, but then two with the concussions last year, I think that's really, uh, pushed him down draft boards and people are worried about him. Uh, but at this spot, I would not hesitate taking him. I I think the value is really good because he could
0: be the legitimate number one in that offense. Agreed. And there's a couple of other guys that I'm somewhat interested in here. Purely based on upside, Nicole Hartman would be one. Um, although I don't think his upside is as great as some people it is, even if Tyreek or whatever were to miss for some reason. Christian Kirk is really, really interesting here. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, look, I know how many guys are in Arizona's wide receiving core that any one of them could notch 100 targets. But the reports are great. Christian Kirk has now solidified himself in that offense. Um, he could be a guy in the 10th round where he blows up his ADP. Now, so could, hypothetically, um, again, I always I already talked about Sterling Shepard, but another guy that I would like to reach for here because I don't think he'll make it back is Preston Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, this, even for me, though, I, I do think it would be too much of a reach and I'm not going to play the game anymore. I'm going to get my guy at quarterback. I want At the end of this tier, I missed out on Wentz. I'm not going to miss out on Matt Stafford. I know that you're a little more skeptical than I am. I I think just looking at what he did last year and looking at the guys that he still has in place, the offense that he still has in place, the coaches he still has in place, I'm so comfortable with Stafford putting up respectable to great numbers every week that I want him. Mm -hmm.
1: I don't hate that pick, especially in the 10th round. I do like Stafford. I love his weapons. Obviously, I'm really high on Galladay. Marvin Jones, I love Marvin Jones. Uh, You know, one of my guys, or my drinking buddies for this year. So I love him. Uh, You know, TJ Hawkinson, you got DeAndre Swift, carry on Johnson. I mean, there's, there's so many weapons there. Um, I, and he balled out the first half of the season last year. So I don't hate that at all. Um, so here's where the draft really starts to get interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, in that time we were talking here, we had three defenses go off the board, uh, with San Francisco going right after your pick of Matthew Stafford at the 10-4. So, um, yeah wow is right, so interesting uh but that wouldn't be out of the question in any sort of your home league
0: uh redraft anyway but then the Ravens and the Steelers went after them now that's more interesting to me because I expected fully the Patriots to still be enough up here i don't know I they've had, the had a lot of guys though. that have
1: opted out this year, though, so they've had like five oh, guys right. on their defense, so Uh, but I would, I would have expected maybe like Kansas city since their defense came on so hot, uh, you know, at the end of last season. uh, I don't know to see three in, in the span of six or around is uh, crazy. So you're back on the board here. uh, Had another couple tight ends.
0: Cam Newton went off the board. Mm -hmm.
1: Who are you looking at here?
0: So Christian Kirk and Nicole Hardman both went, they didn't make it back to me. So that, that's unfortunate um, that they didn't. Now, one guy who did make it back and was very close to Matt Stafford in my rankings was actually Daniel Jones. I just, I, I for sure knew, or I believed that both of them would not make it back. Um, I did have Stafford above Jones, but honestly, I would have been comfort, comfortable with him too at this spot. So um, maybe there's a lesson in there, maybe not, because it's still so much of chance. Uh, now, here's what's interesting is that Preston Williams is still available. Mm-hmm. So at this point, I could easily go him. I actually don't hate Bryce Love around this area. I know you got Antonio Gibson uh, back in the back of the seventh. And while I do certainly think that he has the best chance of leading that backfield, because, sorry, fuck you, Adrian Peterson, for fantasy football. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But Bryce Love could get enough of a snap share. Maybe he becomes the new Chris Thompson-esque person there. Obviously, it's different coaching and all that interesting, but... It's interesting. Sterling Shepard also still there. Mm-hmm. So I think for me right now, it's just a matter of which wide receiver I want to go with. I think Preston Williams, boy, they both actually do have tremendous upside here. It's it's definitely going to be a wide receiver, but I do think I'm going to take the Sterling Shepard with that solid look at production. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and the fact that you considered him uh round earlier, um, uh, mm-hmm. You know, I, I thought that was a pretty easy uh, pick for you there, taking Sterling Shepard. If you would have passed on him, I probably would have taken him, to be honest. Uh, I, I think that's really good value. And as we talked about previously, you know, a couple minutes ago, he could be the legitimate number one in that offense. So uh, sure. the fact that you can get the number one weapon. I shouldn't say weapon, number one wide receiver in that <laughs> offense. Because uh, let's be honest, Saquon's is going to be the number one weapon in that offense. But to yep. get that guy in the 11th round
0: is really, really good value. Now, I'm curious about what you're going to do here with these two picks. I think I have to know what one of them is going to be. Uh, right? This has to be the spot that you're considering your tight end, or am I crazy?
1: Uh, you're crazy. I, I don't think really? I'm going to take him here. Oh, my uh, goodness only because I'm looking at the running backs and I would really like one more running back Mm -hmm. and looking at what's available and knowing that I have a very long way to go until I come back to that. I'm going to take one running back here for sure. And then, um, I want to take Preston Williams here too. I don't think he'll make it back to me. I really he like will him. Not. I'll
0: tell you that right now. <laughs> <He will not. laughs> so uh,
1: I, I really like him. I love his upside. Everything out of campus been very positive so far. Uh, yeah. So I think I'm going to take Preston Williams here and then come back with a running back and then hope my guy makes it back to me at the end of the 13th round at tight end, and then finally pull the trigger on there. It's uh, going to get interesting. It is. It is. But this this is honestly what I would do if, if I was sitting in my draft right now, um, yeah. only because I don't think he's going to get taken if if i really thought he was going to get taken i i would pull the trigger uh but i'm going to take naheem hines here as my running back i think he could be the receiving option in that backfield for indianapolis this season and i i love it's ppr i mean you got to go with the mm-hmm. points and the fact that he could you know catch 10 balls a game according to the coach uh <laughs> uh
0: i i love that sort of upside here in in the 12th round for sure. I I love it. The only reason I did not take him in place of Sterling Shepard is because I already have Jonathan Taylor on my right. team. I am not a fan of locking up multiple pieces in the backfield. No, especially for someone that
1: could be just the the receiving option, the third down Mm -hmm. back. Uh, It'd be different maybe if it was like Zeke and Tony Pollard, where it's like he is like the number two that would step in. Like Naheem Hines will not get the first and second down roll. You know that's going to go to Marlon Mack if something were to happen to
0: Jonathan Taylor. So I agree with you there 100%. So now at this point – I think my best bet is going to be to take a running back because there's so few left on this big of a turnaround where I'm waiting this many picks. It's it's too risky. Um, now, there's still Bryce Love there, who I'm, a, again, I, I really do think that the guy has a lot of opportunity. I also don't hate the upside pick of Jarek McKinnon in a spot like this. We're in the 12th mm-hmm. round. Um, the reports are great about him. There's the, the wide receiving options. Are going down like flies in that offense. So, is it crazy to think that Jared McKinnon could get a lot more passing work? No, I, I think that's res- I think that's a respectable mm-hmm. thought, and well, I think that I'm going to have to go for that kind of upside. Well, and the I reports
1: feel- out of camp are he's looking really good, coming back strong after you know essentially missing football for two years. Here, uh, it sounds like he's really you know looking hungry and in shape and ready to just
0: rip up camp this year. So, um, I concerns still lingering. Of course, obviously you always wonder, but it's, it's upside baby at this point, it's just upside. So I do think his upside is much greater than Bryce loves. So that's mm-hmm. why I did pick him here.
1: Yeah. And he could, um, he could be the number one running back in that offense in, in reality. Like, I Did know it's know. going to be kind of like a four-headed monster there, but he could end up being the number one option. Uh, so here we are in the thirteenth round. Finally had our first kickers off the board. Two of them went here in the thirteenth. <laughs>
0: um,
1: only two tight ends went. So my no. tight end of choice
0: is still hanging out there. We've only got one pick essentially left to wait this thing out. Because I'm not going to take. I will. You're not going to snipe it. <laughs> no, no, no. That would be that would be rude. Uh, it would be funny. It would be funny but it would be rude. So I'm not going to do that for you. Um, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Ben Roethlisberger, those quarterbacks came off at this range. I'm, I'm not going to lie though. If I could get these guys, if I knew I could get these guys this late in a draft, I'd mm-hmm. feel comfortable waiting on Maybe not Baker still. I'm, I'm not totally sold on him this year. Ben, it seems to mm-hmm. be healthy. And If Ben, if ben Roethlisberger is healthy, He's, he's going to be dynamite this Oh, year. absolutely. really the only concern. So as I'm looking at it now, though, we have – I have four picks left. We both do. So I have two that I have to relegate towards the kicker and defense. So what do I want to do with these last couple of spots? I'm not going to take a, a backup at the onesies. I'm not going to take a backup quarterback. I'm not I, gonna was, a, I was going to ask uh, you that. Are you going to do that? I know typically in our home league
1: uh, we have some different rules where – In in a normal season, it may be different this year uh, with with COVID. But in a normal season, we only get 10 waiver wire transactions for the entire season. So typically... Teams will have like a third quarterback at this spot. Uh, And usually we are good about taking two quarterbacks uh, for the most part, usually have a backup tight end, although that's a little debatable. Uh, But I was going to ask you that if you were going to follow suit here in this mock draft or if you're going to do it like a typical uh, open, no restrictions on,
0: on waiver wire pickups. Yeah, I'm going to go with the typical... I, I don't want to cut ourselves off the knees here because that's such an mm-hmm. unusual rule. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, one that our commissioner is very, very fond of uh, and and locked in too, but I don't want to lock that in for this draft just because I want this to be a little bit more multi-purpose here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I am going to skip on those and presume that we have free reign of the waiver wire after all this is said and done. Now, we've talked, again, ad nauseum about... How uh, rookie wide receivers are not my deal. But when we're talking about the very back half of this draft uh, with one of the last spots, if you get enough camp hype and if there is enough opportunity available for you, like enough targets available for you, I'll consider you here. And this is where I'm looking at Brian Edwards for the Raiders. Mm -hmm. Uh, Everything has been glowing coming out of camp. The opportunity seems incredible. Already Tyrell Williams went down, unfortunate, but there's just not a ton of options there. And. I'm going to bite on the rookie hype for once. I owe it to myself, I think, to do it. So I'm going to go with Brian Edwards here as another wide receiver. Well, and this late in the draft, uh, it's not someone that you're planning
1: on starting. So you have the luxury, hopefully. You know, there's no injury or COVID or anything. And he can sit on your bench for half the season, get acclimated to the NFL, and then – That's typically when we see rookie wide receivers take off is that second half of the season. Something Mm -hmm. seems to click where all of a sudden the game slows down for them. They learn the playbook better. They get that rapport with the quarterback, what have you. Uh, So I like that. He is someone I really like. I think he could be a star in this league. And I really like that pick this late in the draft. Uh, Good news for me, my tight end is still here. <laughs> uh, so I will take him here at the end of the 13th round. I won't mess around anymore. Uh, if you guys don't know, shame on you. I've only been talking about the entire <laughs> offseason here. It's John Smith taking him here. Uh, and then I'm going to come back and take another guy I think has great PPR upside. Uh, and oh. to get him in the 14th round here is crazy and criminal. It's Paris huh? Campbell, kind of the forgotten guy in Indianapolis. Uh cuz TY Hilton's the established veteran, uh Michael Pittman Jr., he's the rookie, the the downfield threat. Uh but with Philip Rivers now in the helm there in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. he's kind of a checkdown guy. And Paris Campbell, he does those underneath routes.
0: So I think he could be a PPR machine. This season, I I love that, and honestly, I let this be a lesson that you can't judge based on your platform's ADP and get tunnel vision towards mm-hmm. that immediate group that's coming, especially at, at this far back into a draft. You know, this is I'm not doing this draft with my tiers that I would typically be doing for a mm-hmm. real draft. Uh, you know, so that's shame on me for overlooking him because I, I think that's a great pick. I would have taken him over Brian Edwards uh, there, so I think you you smashed it. And, of course, I love that you got your guy there. Now, I'm looking, I'm looking at this draft board. There is not a running back that I'm interested in actually drafting point. If this was truly a te- your team situation where there's 16 spots, two of them taken up by a, a kicker in defense, I'm going to use that waiver wire throughout the season to mm-hmm. get those Now, there are a couple of wide receivers that I'm really, really interested in here. So, it's just going to be kind of a a coin flip for me. Is it Robbie Anderson? Um, He's still available. It is not Robbie Anderson. (laughs) I will not be lulled in by Robbie this year. I promise myself. But John Brown Mm -hmm. is very interesting. No, I I think that... In Buffalo. Or
1: or his uh, counterpart there, Cole Beasley, is still available, which uh, either Mm -hmm. one of them, I would love to take at this point in the draft
0: it's a floor versus upside play mm-hmm. and Absolutely. that's what you have to you have to evaluate your own roster and decide what kind of guy you need now looking at my roster i went a little safer with wide receivers i really did keenan allen target volume yes he has high upside but kind of still a target play my bench guys though jameson crowder sterling shepherd even brian edwards really these guys i don't think they're ceiling is so great, so I'm going to pass on guys like Larry Fitzgerald, who's still on the on the board. But if you went high upside, he's a guy that I would I would be fully comfortable nabbing here. Same with Hunter Renfro for for similar types of reasons, mm-hmm. or Cole Beasley, me, or, or Randall Cobb even right now because yeah, you I don't think he'd be a
1: really good pick right now
0: for sure. I, I don't know what the situation is in Houston. We just talked about it, so Randall Cobb could end up with a whole mess of targets. I am going to go for more of the the high upside guy here. For me, that comes down to John Brown, James Washington. I love both of them. I love both of their ceilings. Talked about Ben Roethlisberger, and if he's healthy, that could mean really good things for James Washington. I don't believe that Deontay Johnson is locked in as the number Mm -hmm. two there. I think, by all accounts, that's what we expect, but I think there's a good shot that James Washington becomes that guy, and then Mm -hmm. look at. So it's John Brown versus James Washington for me right now. I am going to lean John Brown just because I think the odds are greater with Stefan Diggs being new to the offense coming over. I think it's great. And we know Josh Allen's love affair, uh, with throwing down the field. If he increases that accuracy, I like John Brown. So I, I nab. Absolutely. All right. Back on the board, Jake, uh,
1: both of us kicker defense (laughs) left the draft. Uh, Folks, if you are taking a kicker or a defense before your last two picks, you're doing redraft the wrong way. Even in Dynasty, let's be honest. Uh, There's no reason to take them. You can can pick these guys up and play the waiver wire all season long. There's no reason to to be taking these and losing out on value for your other positions that are much more valuable throughout the season. So uh, we both waited to the last two picks of the draft for us to take our kicker in defense. So, Jake, how are you going
0: to end this here? Look, this is where I win the league right here is with this Is with this pick. And it's interesting because you actually mentioned them, and I know you, you think I'm getting a little bit, but I actually do like that the Kansas City Chiefs are hanging out here for a defense. Um, I, I, look, they're going to be so high. I don't typically like to do – just to give a little bit of analysis, I don't usually like to do the opposite side of a really high powered offense. Cause that does scare me because that means that typically offenses are going to be scoring more mm-hmm. against that defense then. But I actually really like the chiefs outlook this year. Um, I, I like the, a little bit of consistency that's been there. I, I have them as a top 10 defense. Cause yes, I did rank defenses. So fuck it. I'm going chiefs. Nice. And I'm just going to not put a lot of thought into this.
1: I'm going to take the Rams uh, for the defense. I think they are going to have uh, a, a solid defense. Nothing great, but um, mm. they've, they've got some really good pieces there, and if they all come together, they could be a really, really strong group. And then with Kicker for my final pick here, uh it's a kicker. You can stream them. Uh, let's be honest. No one's really standing out oh, here. come on
0: now. People tune in for this kind of analysis.
1: All right. I'm going to take it, this guy, just for the nickname we have. I'm taking Matt Prater. I'm taking the Prater tot. He is there my kicker. Go.
0: There you go. That's how you That's make the hardcore it. analysis here. <laughs> you know what kicker I'm not going to take? Minnesota. Uh, Because he always goes left. I don't trust him. So so I'm going to pass on him. Uh, I'll also pass on a Seahawks kicker. Sorry to both of those fan groups. I guess if you're you're holding on, hashtag not sorry. Not really. So you know what I'm going to do? This is going to be my, my big homer pick. Your homer pick. pick. I, started, I started with a homer pick. I'm ending with a homer pick. Oh, uh, Crosby for, for those bookends. That
1: is that is such a great bookend right there. <laughs> oh, I love it.
0: <laughs> High scoring offense, uh maybe, but they'll get a lot of field goals. All uh, right. So, ooh, last pick in the draft. Can we talk about the mystery relevant here, yeah. Kurt
1: Samuel? Interesting pick. I like it. I, I, I don't hate it at play all.
0: There, man.
1: All right. So, Jake, do you want to run down your roster here for the folks? Give a little
0: recap. Absolutely. So a quick recap of where I ended up. He started off with Devontae Adams, then secured up tight end with Travis Kelsey. Jonathan Taylor is my RB1. Then we went Keenan Allen, Kareem Hunt, Deont, Swift, Tyler Boyd, Zach Moss, Jameson Crowder for that uh, target security. Finally took a quarterback in round 10 with Matt Stafford, uh, because I love his offense and upside, Sterling Shepard, Jarek McKinnon, Brian Edwards, John Brown for some more upside. Then I went the Chiefs and Mason Crosby for the end. All right. And I've got
1: Miles Sanders, Austin Eckler, Bobby Woods, Todd Gurley, Michael Gallup, Kyler Murray, Antonio Gibson, Jarvis Landry, Damian Harris- Jalen Rager, Preston Williams, Naheem Hines, my boy, Janu Smith, Paris Campbell, the Rams, and the Prater Tot as my kicker. So, no, folks, we will be putting this out onto uh, Twitter. Check out our uh, Twitter page, at Drinking Fantasy. We will have this here. Uh, we will put out a poll for you guys to comment and tell us who do you think won this draft between the two of us and uh we will discuss it on our next episode we'll do a re- little recap for you and uh one of us will uh be able to gloat and rub it in the other's face here so uh we look forward Can to I that ask next one week Can yes, I
0: ask you one yes, quick question yes yes i believe that out. i won yeah, this draft period. <laughs> <You> <laughs> son of a bitch uh, I'm just very curious about it Looking at your roster right now Are you very comfortable with it If this were to be your real life roster Is there anything that you regret about this That you wish, oh shit, I wish I could have changed that pick uh, Not really I actually
1: Really like my roster uh, The only picks that maybe were a little Questionable is the Todd Gurley pick uh, In the in the Fourth round Uh that's the only questionable one. You played the board though. Yes. Uh but but I'm really solid with my first two running backs and we only have to start two. So the fact that he's my third and could be a weekly starter uh but other than that I really like how the draft played out for me. What about you?
0: I'm a little nervous about my running back situation if this were to be my my true deal cuz you know even though you only start two uh Jonathan Taylor and Kareem Hunt mm-hmm. And DeAndre Swift, there, there's a lot of question marks there. Mm-hmm. Zach Moss, Jack McKinnon, a lot of question marks at running backs. Yeah, so you went very rookie reference- heavy for your uh, running backs. I do, <laughs> it's the only place that I'll go rookie heavy is running backs, mm-hmm. to be fair. Those, those are the ones who can step in and give you that production. But it's it's a little nerve-wracking with the, uh, the running backs there. Otherwise, um, I love the rest of my team. It's just a matter of maybe in those first couple of rounds, I might have passed on uh, Adams or Kelsey to get a running back. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think this went great. How do you feel? I feel great i feel I feel like i just
1: I just gave birth. Oh, all right then, so we're split open a uh, little hungry. I guess well, you should go take care of that. uh We will uh wrap up this uh episode here uh since we're going a little bit longer than normal uh but as I mentioned before, you can find the handle. At Drinking Fantasy for the podcast Twitter handle, where we will have the rosters out there for you to vote on. And you can find me at FF Dusty Dog on Twitter. And you can find me at Jake Trowbridge. And until next week, folks, keep drinking and talking fantasy
0: football. Cheers, FFers.